Boker Tov, everyone. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Jess, for opening your home again, as always. We began last week a really simple and but very, very important yesod, a very important, uh, really, foundation in the, in the writings of Reb Nachman and in the whole world of Breslau Rechassidus. And I didn't realize how much a certain hakdama, a certain intro, was needed in order to understand the tachlis of the learning, which was understanding a zamra. And that's what, that's what we kind of like, like got into a little bit last week. Because in order to appreciate and value our nekudot tovot, our good points, we first have to understand what good points means in this context. So we did a lot of that last week, of trying to understand, first of all, bichlal, tap into the world of the Torah of Azamra. Right? That was last week, nechom? Yeah. So to tap into what, what the Rebbe meant with the world of Azamra, that's Aleph. But Bez is to understand also, why don't we value them? Because if we would value the nekudot tovot, if we actually valued our gold and our inner riches, and someone said to us, you know, there's a lot more to... to grab here, we would all take advantage and grab more and more and more. Like if we were with the consciousness of that what we have access to is mamish gold and riches and v'chuleh, and someone says, you know, you can keep on taking more and more from this, who wouldn't, who wouldn't take more? What prevents us from taking more and more is Aleph, maybe the amuna of, do I believe that I'm worthy of it? That's another sugya. Am I worthy of more good? That's another sugya. But do I even believe, do I even believe that what's in front of me is mamish, all that, is right there, and it is all good. Like the value of my nekudot tovot. That's the name of this piece, right? Leharich nekudat karaui. We saw all these different things over here. And the last thing we, we saw was that if a person's not happy and ecstatic to go and take more advantage of the nekudot tovot, it must mean that he doesn't really value the, the importance of what he has in, its, in, in his midst, in his or her midst. And as you can see in page Ein Gimel, the second page that's in front of you, in the middle paragraph, we, we kind of ended right after here, you see the paragraph that says, Klomar, tova. The lack of simcha with our nekudat tova, that exactly is the reason that a person doesn't aspire to try to acquire more and more good points. Again, that means seeing the good in, in ourselves and in others, because that's just accumulation of a lot of very good points. You lose so much on the past, the present, and the future. And then he says this startling line, Moving forward in what our lives are all about, which is Avodat Hashem, having that been done with simcha and good heart is all put in question when I don't really value what I have. This is a very interesting nekuda. Why is Rebbe Yitzhak Bender saying here, again, everything here is based on Rebbe Nachman, why is he saying that when a person lacks the simcha over what he has, then his hitkadmut, his growth, his moving forward with simcha and chiyus is put in question. What's not moving forward? What isn't a person moving forward with? Like what about a person's life at that point in their Yiddishkeit is not growing? 
Does anyone, does anyone feel any, anything about this? Sorry, can I just ask a question? I was really confused about this old book. Mm. I don't understand what he's saying. I, maybe this will help me to understand even the question. Right? So I don't understand if he's saying that you have to value the process of Azamra or that you have to value your own specific good points. Not the process, the, the doing of Azamra. You have to value, when you actually are able to see a nikudah tova in yourself, you have to value that, the actual nikudah. Yeah. The result of Azamra. So if a person doesn't have a value of that, why is Rebbe Levitzlag Bender saying, you're basically, it's going to be very hard for you to feel like you're advancing and you're moving forward. Why is he saying that there's going to be... Is it my fault or Shoshana's fault? Could be, could be, but we'll ask you a question though. Like, what, what, what's the question? The actual, the actual, the actual nekuda tova. The process itself is. Hopefully, you get what happens if you do the process wrong. So, what, what, what value is there in the process? It's what happens afterwards. It's that I, at the end, Rabbi Nachman promises us that when you do it, you will find it, because he says there. And this is back in the teaching inside Likut There is no such thing that if you really do the search for the nekuda tova properly that you're not going to find something. Even, the Rebbe says, in a Rasha Gamur. Those are Rebbe Nachman's words. Even in a Rasha Gamur. I think that's very relevant to this week. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a discussion in our house. Is that right. You can't separate, like, you have to separate the person from, from the work, you know, that, even Esav had very good qualities. Esav looked like a tzaddik, yeah. yeah. He was a gewalt mechabed av, we know. Esav. Whole other sugi. Well, <laughs> well, a Russia Gamur has good qualities. I think the Shaila, though, is at, uh, the, meaning the time and place for everything. If by focusing on a Russia's good qualities, I know for sure that I'm causing more and more pain on people that are suffering. It's not the time or the Indian to focus on a Russia Gamur's good qualities. Even though they may exist. Right. Like denying its existence is stupid. Right. It's irrelevant. It's dumb. It's not true also. But again, I think it's an Indian of... of right now, and I think until Mashiach comes, there's not going to be an Indian to find, to focus on, you know... In this case, the Rashad Gamur is, as long as people are hurting and bleeding and crying and suffering. So, but when the Rebbe says, I don't, I don't think Rebbe Nach, I think if I have to like, have the liberty of like, stretching that a little bit, it would probably be more an Indian of um, someone that's currently not hurting anybody. And he's a Rashad Gamur because he's, uh, notice I didn't say she, He's, right, all he, he, of course, Russia can only be a man. He's, um, he's just like mechalel every mitzvah, maybe, or, you know, mevazeh, belittles every mitzvah, separating himself from Kedusha and whatnot and all those things. So that's, that, that's the Rebbe's words about Rasha Gamur. But again, just to, just to sharpen, and Shoshana, please tell me if it's still not 
mevorar. The process, the, the azarma is called a process, but it also means a result. Here, what I think he's doing is speaking about a result. Like, do you realize the value of one nekuda tova? I think that's really what he's saying over here. We usually take the word value and attribute and associate that more with a tmunag dola, like, you know, the bigger picture, the outcome, the full result. But that's not what Azamra is about. Azamra is about, like we're going to see, it's about, um, is, did anyone here, does anyone right now feel like they did one good thing this morning, good, in the midst of a mabul of maybe a lot of bad things? I came here. <laughs> <laughs> so before you came here, because now it's easy. <laughs> then don't answer, I guess, also. I mean, we have that a lot in terms of when we look at ourselves as parents. Of course, we're always trying to do better, be better, deeper, more intuitive, more aligned with our children, and all those things. And it's all true. It's all true. Um, but then comes this place of like, not allowing ourselves to be, to focus on a good nikuda. Of, you know what, I, I did a lot of bad, yeah, I screamed at my kids, I did. I didn't have patience with my kids, it's true. Is it right now the whole Indian to focus on the one good thing that I did? So Rabbi Nachman says yes. Why? You answer now. Why would Rabbi Nachman say that when it comes to like a mabul, when I said a mabul of like just feeling very shvach and, and whatever, and um, you know, not, not concentrated, um, and then I have one nekuda tova on my child, why would Rabbi Nachman say, yeah, in order to, like, to be a better parent, for right now, put aside all the bad things you did and think of the one good thing you did? Why would Rabbi Nachman say to do that? Then you would have the co-op and the belief in yourself that you can change. Now, what's the value of that, giving myself that reshut? It'll cause you to do more good. Right, so the value of that, the value is immeasurable. That's what's going to make you a better parent. Yeah, if, if, if that makes you a better parent, then who could, t- who could, why would anyone belittle that value? That, that's, that's what we're saying. It helps you move forward. The other things may make you feel like you're being a more, meaning the other way of like, Wow, notice I'm bad at this, most bad. Maybe that's like, okay, I'm aware. I don't know how much that really helps you stretch out the moments of goodness. But Rabbi Nachman says that when you do the other way and you have enough koach to believe in the value of focusing on one nekuda, you're going to end up having less moments of realizing how bad you are because they're going to bonanta on the komova because you're gonna look back at, at those bad places in you and you'll be like, well, where'd they go? Oh, I, they're not here anymore. How are they not here anymore? Because I was focusing on the good point. Mm-hmm. That value of that mm-hmm. thought process is immeasurable. Shoshan, mm-hmm. um, better? Yeah. Yael? Less Beseder? Uh, so this is, a, this is what Rebbe Yitzhak Bender is saying is that we don't really even understand we, I mean, the world just doesn't even understand what Rabbi Nachman, the value of the teaching of Azamra is mamash from another world. I found in my library the other day, it must have been hiding behind somewhere else, a whole sefer, a fat book, mamash, a fat book, only on the teaching of Azamra, a massive piece. And I looked inside this week, I have such a yetzer, I haven't figured out again if it's ra or tov to just spend a whole year on... I think we should do it. 
It's Mama. unbelievable. <laughs> because there's a whole mimer in there, just understanding what did Rabbi Nachman say when he met, what, what did he mean when he said Rasha Gamur? A whole mamar on, on just Rasha Gamur. Then a whole mamar on what does Rabbi Nachman mean when he says you can write nigunim when you focus on people's good points? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I have to look. I have to look inside. But, you know, in, in, in more recent years, the world of Breslov liturgy is massive, becoming massive, massive, massive. There are like certain Yechidim. There are certain people within Breslov that have, op- have their own libraries. And it's all based on certain points of Rabbi Nachman. For instance, Rav Kluger, who we've learned from in the past. Rav Kluger has tons of Svarim. Rav Erez Moshe Doron has tons of Svarim. Rav Arush has tons of Svarim. Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter has tons of Svarim. And of course... The Breslev Research Institute has, keeps on dishing them out. We get, there's an amazing new sefer from, from BRI called, I think, I think you guys have it, Mishpacha Brenner. I saw David have it. The Potency of Prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? The Potency of Prayer. Um, okay, so Bezrat Hashem, we should have many more years of learning and, and taking mm-hmm. each word of Rabbi Nachman and mm-hmm. building the mountain over it. In, in these cheerings, what we're doing is doing it on a more concise level, but still, it's all based on like one word from a person that died at the age of 38 from tuberculosis. <laughs> that just puts everything in, in perspective in terms of the value of the importance of the moment of being real and sharing, sharing your truth, sharing emet. Okay. Bottom of page, Ayn Gimel. I know we did this last paragraph last time, but I still want to reemphasize it because this is very important. Okay. Therefore, in order to properly feel and be in touch with the value of these nekudot tovot, small moments of success, in order for it to, to, to play a role for me to move forward in and elevate in my avodat Hashem, tzarich leharbot b'tfilah u'betachanunim. I have to cry over this. Mm. I have to daven over this, that I should be zochet to do this type of avodah karaui. Sheyizkeh be'emet ladat u'la'arich karaui kol asiyah shebakdushah. So that I properly value every moment of kedusha that I'm engaged with. Umimeila. <coughs> And then what will end up happening is I will feel all the good that I... I will feel more and more all the good that I'm doing. And I'm thinking about this with... Obviously, because we know I have, we, have, we have four daughters and I'm thinking already you know, now about the, how much I, I pray, or I don't pray enough, but we pray so much that... The value of tzniyas, for instance, right? That's a very, obviously a very, but the, not, not the importance of tzniyas. The value of tzniyas. Many people get taught the importance of tzniyas, but if it's lacking the world of value of tzniyot, how much are they going to feel that what they're holding on to is a big gem of, of, uh, of goods? You understand the difference? That's time I was just, obviously I'm bringing this up because it's the, I, I want, you know, if someone has anything really chazak to think about or share later, that's, that's great. But I just like I want boy, I mean, I'm not in the parsha yet, Menachman's not even one, but I'm thinking like a boy that gets his tefillin. 
course I want every boy to feel the importance of tefillin, the chashivut of it. But I think that there's this word value that needs to be kind of resurfaced into the conversation. Because if a child does feel that what they have is valuable, like I told you the, the, the story last week about a certain school I went to and they were all standing there wearing towels and tefillin in, in the States. It was the last week's shear, right? And well, God bless you. And the next, that night, the night before, finally had one good game after like, you know, many, many years. The next, the basketball team and the Rabbeim were like, seeing the kids getting very excited over what to them was much more valuable than having the words of Hashem on their foreheads and on their arms. It's not those kids' faults. They grew up in a world and a society where value is misplaced. Excitement is misplaced. And when the rabbi is saying, no, no, it was Rosh Chodesh, I remember that's why I was there, to do a hollow. No, 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 that's not going to get the value side of, of the Nekuda Tova. And he's going he's gonna to expound on this right now. Klomar. Patap of Ayin Dalit. Klomar. Ki be'emet. Kol uvda digdusha she'adam zoche la'asot hi yekara le'en aroch. Any moment of gdusha, any act of gdusha that a person is privileged to be engaged with is immeasurably valuable and precious. V'chol chafatzecha lo yishvuba. And you can't compare it to anything else on the world of value. But in order to feel this value of a nekuda tova, like it really is in its essence, you must plead. You must plead Hashem, I have to, you know, le'atir. You know that language, le'atir in the Torah by Rivka, right? By Yitzchak and Rivka, vayi'atir, vayi'atar, that's a language, atira. We learned it in shul a few weeks ago. Rashi says, atira means haftsara. That means like not letting God off the hook, more or less. Ani maftzir becha. Like, maftzir becha is like I, it's not even I demand. What's that? I urge you. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not just asking. Like when I say I urge you, that doesn't mean uh, it would be nice if you could do so and so. I urge you. Pursue, maybe? Sorry? Pursue. Pursue. Yeah, meaning it's all these words, a, a, strang, a strong lushan of, this is, not, this is not something that would be nice. It's something I need, Hashem. It's not negotiable. Yafeh, that's much better. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I, it's, it's not, if I have like a holy azuz dikdusha from a place of humility, it's not negotiable because Ribbono Shalom, why is it not negotiable to, to, to merit the value of nikudot tovot? Why? Because Hashem, do you want me to be the shmata that I've been for so many years where I keep on reminding myself how low I am, thinking that that's going to pull me out of the gutter? So, who wins? Who wins by not focusing on nekudot tovot? Who really wins by not being able to value nekudot tovot? You, me, we both lose. We both lose. Hashem, I'm begging you on a vayetar level non-negotiable level, and yeah, urging, demanding, pursuing, I, I have to realize that the, the simcha in my house of my children seeing a positive parent is dependent on the value of remembering good points that I have in my parenting, or put in whatever else you want to put in there. This is, this is the heart of this teaching. There's a, I'm just going to go like that. That means her hand was up before you, right? But... Yeah, Adina. Um, very 
I have a hard time, let's say, taking a break. I don't think it's my case, but I'm saying let's say. Right. Um, like I have a hard time taking time for myself. Okay, at least let me do it for my children so that they know that as a mother, I'd want them to take a break. Better. Right? When they Better. Mothers. So I feel like if we can't do it for ourselves, do it for our children or do it for the people around us. Now just re-emphasize in your words, what does it mean do what for our children? So if we want to find a nikudah tova in our children... If we want to find the Nikudah Tova in ourselves. In ourselves, right, right. right. Then, then do it for our children. So that Read, Yashem. That's what's called a Tachbula. That's a, that's a hack. <laughs> You're hacking the system, but, it's, but it works. No, no, no. The PSS, right now in, in Lachshar Slavrechim, we're fully into the world of hacking through uh, Kavana. So it's very cool. But this is a hack. It's a holy hack. It's kosher. It's a strategy. It's a very good thing. Marilyn? Uh, my question was, when we're talking about the value of the good points that we do and bringing it to Kedusha, I just wanted to understand, is that meaning that we, we, we should value the good points we have, but we'll value it so much more if it's related to um, Kedusha? Like, it's not just because it's good, but because it's Kadosh to do that and sanctifying Hashem's name. I just want to know the connection between the... I'm going I'm to answer with the question, what's a good Nikuda that's not Kadosh? Right, so we don't always see it as kadosh, so we should see it as kadosh. I agree, but I want to know if anyone thinks otherwise. What's a good point that you that you that you can't necessarily align with the world of kedusha? Is there such a thing? Everything to do with the materialistic world, no. But that could be a li- that could be if you, it it could be elevated, yeah. It could be the holiest thing in the world. <laughs> Nachon, this is a plug. This is a plug for the Tanya Shir. Yeah. <laughs> this is a plug for this is a plug for a Tanya Shir. But no, no, it's a very good. It's very good what you're saying. I think that in our minds, and this is still something we're still working through. Where, where's kedusha? There, Yom Kippur, Shabbos, uh, Yantiv, Challah, baking. I don't know. A Shir, right? What about when I walk outside here and I see someone that I, from the shir and I see they're a little bit, I don't know, they could use one extra word. Why? Why? That, that's kadosh. That we have to realize that that's also that's a nekuda tova of kedusha. But in our minds, that doesn't necessarily get thrown into the pond of, you know, like Shabbos yantiv and you know those things. Okay. <coughs> yeah. Hannah. I have a question, and it may not be kashur. Are we talking also like monetary value, like with business? Is that tied in here, or is that a separate thing that Rabbi Nachman would talk about? Well, he said before that if you value well if, with money, it's you have a much more easier time valuing. It might be wrong, but you do value it. But like, to value yourself or how much your your is worth. Right, is worth. Well, the value. Of the it. value of it, right? So, what's the question? Like, is he talking also just the importance of really the only way to move forward, even in business, is to value yourself and your nekudah and what you're offering somebody, as long as it's for good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Could so be, that, could be. I was just thinking, actually. Like, each one of us has something different, right? So if you, right, like, people can fall into the trap of comparing themselves to other people, right? So... 
if, if, if I don't think that I have something valuable to offer, and, and I let myself get, you know, fall into the, the quicksand of, like, you know, well, they do it, you know, she does it better, he does it better, they're she doing it better, whatever, like that. you sharing before um, Rosh Hashanah. Right, right, being, like, that one, yeah. that's the best. <laughs> 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 that's what we worked on, right? So... <clears throat> Then if you don't value what you're, what you personally, you know, are capable of bringing to the table, right? Then, then, then it, it, like what you were saying, Adina, that it, I'm sorry, (laughs) what you were saying, Adina, that like, that like you, to, that might be a hack also, right? Kilo, like if I can't think of myself as like worth it, right? But then I, maybe it's maybe the world needs it. I don't know. Maybe my kids, you know. Because then it kind of yeah. Because then it kind of brings us back into your original question, like. It prevents us from moving forward. If you can't see the nekudatova in yourself, you can't value it. Same thing with business, and I, there are a lot of strong women here that like have things to offer. But if we can't value that worth, then it just brings us back to mm-hmm. that place of mm-hmm. Well, then I'm just going to attract the people that are valuing me the way that I value, right. that I'm currently valuing myself, rather than how much I should. So I think it does. I think it does. I think in this in this sheer, what he's done was he did it before, and he's going to do it in a, in a second. Where he says, when you value yourself monetarily, or when you when that, when you value what you have on a monetary basis, um, you would never in a million years not take advantage of making more of that thing that you already value, right? If I value living large, and I have an opportunity to strike another deal, I'm going to strike another deal. Only an idiot wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Or only someone that doesn't value what they have doesn't. That's the Indian. I don't value... The Sitra Achra does not want me to value a good moment of seeing a good thing about myself. So therefore I don't value it. Because he knows that, you know, if I do value it, I'm going to want more and more and more of that. And when I do more and more and more of that, the dark side, the chatterbox that tells me none of this is worth anything... Fades away more and more and more and more. He's just trying to stay alive. So, yeah. Because you mentioned money and a lot of us have businesses and this and that, a lot of it, I don't know, other people I'm sure hear the same thing and teachers, if there are any teachers in the room, they always hear, oh, but how much do you make? Like, how much do you make? Oh, well, you don't really make anything. So, if you don't, then you're like, well, yeah, like, so why bother? But if you make a difference, if you can, like, change your mindset and say, it doesn't matter if I make money. I'm making a difference. I'm changing a life. I'm touching someone's soul by doing a sheer. Like, because you're doing these good things, you have to really just convince yourself, work on yourself, everything to know that what you're doing is okay and it's not about the money. And we have to change the mindset of everybody mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. It's not how much money you make. It's what, it's what you value. What you bring into the world. It's what you bring into the world. Nachon. 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 Okay, let's finish this paragraph. Second line, uh, sorry, fourth line. Ki yitachen. Ki ekev uviyut ha'adam v'gashmiyuto. It could be that due to the thickness of person, that means just their materialistic side, gashmiyuto. A person's gashmiyut, lo yizkeh lehavin erka shel asiyah dikdusha. A person won't really understand the value of holy work. And only davening can really help this place. 
Like you can, you can talk about this all day long, but unless you and self, you yourself engage in, in what's the right word, of, of going like that extra level with tefillah, with this, you're not really going to understand what this is all about. And the value of these mikudot tovot won't really become so, so clear to you. Um, okay, I'm going to... The truth is I really want to get to, this, to the next page, but okay, let's say that. Uh, no, because it's just so. This, this is. I'll tell you. It's just like very much. Basically, this page and the next page is is speaking about how. Again, it's repeating this concept of. I, I especially in, in the life of an observant Jew. There are so many moments during the day that could be taken advantage of that aren't. For instance, like a like a like a man that wakes up in the morning and puts on tzitzis, and then puts on tefillin, and then says, and then, da, and then davins, and then learns, right? So I'm just giving an example, right? There are all these moments in the day that in our world of chinuch, we don't tell our children how important it is to stop and value the moment, as opposed to, this is what you need to do, and bless you. And, and that's such a complex situation, because on the one hand, I also have to stress the importance of doing it, but if I'm not stressing the value of why the kids are doing it, then who's winning, right? Who's going to win at the end of the day? God bless you. It's like making tefillah a graded class. It really matters me. It's like making tefillah like a class that's graded, where you get a grade, where you get like mark, you know, like do they do in that? trouble. Yeah, you get in trouble if you come late. You. You know, like, if you're not on the right page, if you're, um, no. you know, rules about, uh, boys have to wear tzitzis. But why do they have to wear tzitzis? Teach them the importance of wearing the tzitzis um, before you make it a rule, and then the boys get in trouble, and then you get a phone call. This is exactly it. This is exactly the Nikudah. So he's, he's stressing this more and more, and he's saying, I mean, he's not saying this. We're kind of deriving this. He's just saying... What a wonderful world we live in. He's saying, like, 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 before he ever, I think he would faint if he knew that there was such a concept called grading uh, tefillah, right? But he's saying, well, look at all the advantages we have. Look at what we have to our disposal, right? Look at what we have. We're, we're so rich, but we don't really believe that we're rich. We don't really believe that we're rich. Why? Because no one taught me the value of riches, of certain riches. It's like my uh, husband, when he was... Uh Younger in yeshiva, he was very strict yeshiva, and he finished davening, and then the rebbe came over and smacked him. And he said, "Why?" He said, "Because you skipped. There's no way you could have finished davening so fast unless you skipped." So really, that helped him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's gonna. Oh, thank you. I, I'm, I'm going to go back now and <laughs> go over, but it's a, it's like that's the extreme. The other extreme is the passive uh, approach to, like, these are things we do, you know, but the value of them. So he, this is what he's saying over and over again about how, yes, it's important to, in the beginning, you know, learn about these things. But then once you have what you have, once you know the riches that you have, he says, shoot for the stars. You can make your world so valuable. Your world is so valuable. You can make your world something that you feel is so valuable, so rich. So that's the potency of every mitzvah. That's the power of being engaged in any moment of Kedusha that I take advantage of. And then when I don't take advantage of it, I could fall so low if I know the value of it. 
like a person that knows the value of money and goes to Vegas and goes to the wheel and goes to the, you know, the, uh, slot. the slot machine, right. Yeah, <clears throat> crazy stuff. But people have, overnight have lost their, you know, I have such mazel. I have such mazel. I have to show you a miracle story. Mom, it's like, I'm such mazel. You know, you grew up in Los Angeles. What do you do on your 21st birthday? Mm. You go to Vegas. <laughs> so I went with a few friends. <clears throat> 12 o'clock came. And then I went, like, Mom, it's 12 o'clock, June 4th, going into June 5th. And I took all the, like, the $84 I had saved <laughs> to the casino, and did the quarters thingies. It was crazy, because you can't tell. It's such a, a mullock stone place, because you can't even tell if it's day or night in there. Because there's no windows, and they pump the oxygen, right? Through the, no, clock. no clock. It's very scary stuff. I, I'm saying this as a hakar satov to Hashem. And I and, uh, did the... I went with like three, three of my friends. A good nigun came out of this, this trip, though. That's why it's another good nigun. I flew, I went with my friend Yehuda. We drove down, had a flat tire, and we have a nigun. We wrote in the car called Nigun Vegas. Nigun Vegas. It's a great nigun. It's a, we have to record it. Anyway, put the quarters in, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like looking around here, and I'm like, this is not my zach. I thought this would be fun. It's not even fun. This is very dark. And then right when I said that, a woman comes up to me, a cop, Right, because they have tons of cops there. He says, "Sir, did you did, did you were you here? Is this your seat?" I'm like, I got so freaked out. I said, "Yes, yes." I'm starting to think of like giving terutzim, but giving terutzim for what? I didn't do anything, right? But whatever, you get you get all paranoid. He says, "Sir, give me your hand." I'm thinking, "Oh my God, I'm going to be taken. This is crazy. This is Vegas. It's like this crazy story." And she hands me. She, basically, I was so zonked from the whole thing, I won. The jack, the slot machine. It worked. But I was so disconnected from this experience. It was, it was a horrible experience. I won. I don't know what time it is. Maybe, maybe it was 12.05. Maybe it was 5. I, I, didn't, I had no idea. It was, it was yucky. And I won the slot machines. And I just didn't even realize it. And she starts giving me, handing me all this cash. And I had such that I ran out of there and went back to my room. Paid for my, ended up paying for my friends to be with me on my birthday. That was a little bit with the money that we made. I don't know how much it was. And I ran out of there. I think it's because there was like, it was big, I mean, it was big because I do have friends that have mamish lost their, their homes in these places. So the value, the value of something, it can be something that is so tricky, it's such a, it's such a sheker, we need to use every hack in our, in our minds in order to be able to really use the strategies to, to go to the place of value dikdusha, value dikdusha, because there's no kdusha in that place, the, in nothing. Even if you say no, if a, Hashem, imagine a guy goes to a slot machine. You know how many Chabad houses I can build with, with if I would win right now? I have friends that actually, like, you know, had friends that actually think like this. It's a, it's a warped hack. A, a, a real hack is just saying, I don't have to go to that extreme to try to appreciate the value of something that could be elevated into Kedusha. 
I have enough in my day-to-day life of living in Eretz Yisrael, surrounded by people that want to grow in Torah and mitzvahs, to realize I have it all. I have it all. I have the value of it all, mamish, all of it. And that's what he's stressing over here. So now I want you to skip to the next page. It's page Ein Vav. This is just a great story to illustrate. Huh? It's two more. Oh, you don't have it? Okay, okay, it's okay. It's just a story. I'm sorry, I should have printed. But this is, this is amazing. It's a story that illustrates this whole teaching. Okay, that, that's the point. It's a story that illustrates this whole teaching. When we, there's certain names I would love for us to remember more and more. One of them, obviously, is the one that wrote these, these uh, Ma'amarim. That's Rebbe Levi Yitzchak Bender. But in the Bre- and you'll, and you'll read books about these tzaddikim, when you open up the old Bresler Esmarim, for instance, uh, Marilyn, did you know Rabbi Rosenfeld? No. You didn't know him. Your sister, not right. Right, right. So these are giants. These are, he passed away, I think, in 1978. Mm-hmm. 76, 78. From a young age, 50, 58. Yeah, Rabbi Rosenfeld. He was Reb Chaim father-in-law. Um, Reb Nussan Maimon's father-in-law. Reb Nussan Maimon and Chaim Kramer are brother-in-laws. They married sisters, the daughter of Rabbi Rosenfeld. There's two other names I want you to remember, just put there. And I, we've mentioned their names in Shir over the years, but these are like, these are Gdolim. These are giants. One of them is Reb Shmuel Shapira. Mm. I, there's a little shiver that goes on in me every time I mention his name, because whatever I've learned about him or read about him, it instills within me a Ratzon to do tshuva, just mentioning his name. That's Reb Shmuel Shapira. I'm sure David knew these, some of them. And another one, his name is another Shmuel, Reb Shmuel Horowitz. These are two of the giants of the last generation in Breslov. And these are the ones that when Breslov was basically about 50, 60 people in Eretz Yisrael, and all they had was the shul in Masharim, this is where it was all going down. So the next piece, in this, the way he ends in this, in this mamar, is called Socharei Purim. Uh, Socher is a merchant. So it's called Purim Merchants. Listen to this story. It was one of the days of Purim many years ago in Yerushalayim. After we drank like we did, there was a tremendous awakening between our chevre that got together to, do, to take Purim to the next level, Bikdusha B'Tahara. And everyone knows that what happens in our base Midrash on this holy day of Purim, we listened to the Rabbi Nachman who told us how to drink, to go for it and go for it Bikdusha. This poem that we're speaking about stands out from all of the poems that I remember, Reb Levitzak says. I remember that Reb Shmuel Shapira went to the f- famous chassid Reb Shmuel Horowitz, who at that time had already merited being by Rabbi Nachman's Tzion in Uman many times, and Reb Shmuel Shapira hadn't yet. And he asked him, Berachamim, with mercy, please sell me at least one of your tikkun that you said by Rabbi Nachman's Tzion. Like, sell me the value of it. We've heard stories like this, but like, sell me your olam haba, right? So you know what I mean by when he says, sell it, sell it to me. Like, give it to me for whatever, whatever in the world you want for it. Tumurat, like, for whatever schar ruchani, for whatever spiritual reward I can pay you back with. So of course, this was at that time. See, for us today, you want to go to Uman? Sure. I mean, when it's not like Corona. Well, you know, I've, had, I've had friends that are like, you know, Sunday night, they say, let's go to Uman, Monday morning, they're on a plane at 5 a.m., and they're back at home in Eretz Yisrael <laughs> at night by, by, by Chatzot. It's doable. It's, it is doable in the non-corona world. It wasn't like that at all. 
at all. But people, there are, I have like five books in my library just describing people's attempts to go to Uman mm-hmm. till the Iron Curtain fell. And even in the beginning, it was also still very difficult, but really, it's not so pashut like it is today at all. This is back in the day when it was impossible. But these people would, would, would go to crazy measures. And if you want to understand why, stick with us. With, stick with us. For some people that are learning Breslau for the first time, they hear stories like this. It's like, this, these guys are, are crazy. There's an Indian. Trust me. <laughs> there's an Indian. Okay, so before these Purim machers, these Purim merchants really got down to deep negotiation, you know, the negotiation table of, will you sell me one of your Tikkun HaKlalis by Rabbi Nachman Sion? So, Reb Shmuel Horitz said, he said, obviously, I, I would never in my million years sell you one of my Rosh Hashanah Tikkun Klalis. Uh What, how do you say, Hishtat in English? To go, uh, to, to go over, like to... Over the over the tzion, to lay down to lay down over the tzion. He says that I am not talking about that a Rosh Hashanah one. No chance in the world. That's not negotiable, right? That that we're not putting on the table. I'm not I'm not saying that for nothing. But if you want, like you know, if you want me to sell you like like a November <laughs> Monday morning, maybe I'll think about that one, right? But what are you willing to give for it? So Reb Shmuel Shapira opened his mouth and he said, he said for that. I'm going to give you a shtar. I'm going to write a shtar that's written and signed all the mitzvahs I've done or have ever will ever do in my lifetime and anywhere I reach in my olam haba for one moment, for one of your tikkun haklalis while you're lying down on Rabbi Nachman's tzion. People are, you know, and like the crowd, I'm thinking the Havdil, Vegas, people like standing around tables saying, what are you putting on the table? So the crowd standing around in the base midrash listening while they're drunk, they're listening to this back and forth negotiation over like who's going to give what. And like even the way he says it, the people are listening, shinam daleda nakshan. That means their teeth are, everyone's right. Reb Shmuel Shapiro's Olam Haba, do we understand what that means? Reb Shmuel, I told you before, this Reb Shmuel Shapiro, when I say his name, Bemet, there's a thunder of tshuva inside. And he's willing to give his Olam Haba for this? It's crazy. And then when Reb Shmuel Horowitz, uh, he saw that Reb Shmuel Horowitz is still like, he's like, I don't know, I don't know. Even that November, Monday morning, <laughs> Tikkun HaKlali, I, I don't know if I could do it. He gave him an even greater Hatzah, that for sure, that Reb Shmuel Horowitz would have to agree. He said, but besides, Reb Shmuel Shapiro is saying, besides giving you all my mitzvahs, I'm willing to take on my shoulders any avera you may have done in your life. <laughs> and of your children. <laughs> all for a Monday morning, November, Tikkun HaKlali. Reb Shmuel Horowitz was about to, to say yes. Because of course, now he's like, remember, they're in a state of, you know, I'm a, you know whatever, they're there. And then, and Alavai, our Purims should be, you know, like, like this. They're getting close. We're getting close. Anyway, so Yoshmuel Horowitz is about to say yes. And then he's like, no way. It's not worthy. It's not a fair deal. I'm, I'm cheating myself, he says. I'm not willing for anything you or anyone will ever offer me, anything, in order to sell even one of those privileges of the value of what it means to me to be able to have done what I did. Any time, at any moment in my life, regarding 
my hitkashrut to my Rebbe. Even if you give me anything, your whole home, everything you can imagine, there's nothing. And the sale didn't happen. So Rebbe Levi Yitzhak Bender is saying, do we understand? Rebbe Shmuel Horowitz felt cheated by being offered Rebbe Shmuel Shapira's Olam Abba and take off of him all of his averas, and he still felt that he got shorthanded and he didn't agree to do it. So what is Rebbe Levi Yitzhak Bender saying to us? Saying this when the tzaddikim are tzaddikim because of their value estimation of what they truly have, they really value what me, what's in, what's what's kadosh to them. They really know what it is. The tzaddikim value each and every one of us because they know we're a shtikel elokus, we're a little piece of Hashem, and in their presence they value us much more than we value ourselves, much more. And this is the importance of having a tzaddik in your life because sometimes. We need someone that really values us in order to begin to value ourselves. And Rib Shmuel Shapira, just to end this, he kept on saying, I'll add more and more and more. And every time Rib Shmuel Shapira thought of something else he could add to receive that thing which he knew was so valuable, Shmuel, it made Rib Shmuel Horitz realize more and more any, th- any moment of even thinking that such a mechira is worth whatever you can give me I'm fooling myself. I know it. I can't lie. I can't lie to me. I can't cheat myself. I can't cheat myself. And we can't forget for one second, Rebbe Yitzhak says, that these two tzaddikim, they knew thoroughly the value of what, they were, what was about to being sold, and also, they also knew the amount. Rebbe Shmuel Horowitz understood that there's a big value to Rebbe Shmuel Shapira's <laughs> mitzvahs in Eilam Haba. But no way in the world would, would a mechira go down like that, even when they're in the height of, of, the, of the state of Adliyada on Purim. And, and this, is just, just, this story to me is very, very important. It's a very, you know, usually we have, when we go to this place of the subconscious, or like on Purim, Bikdusha, then things become clear to us in terms of what, how much we value people. That's why you have people hugging on Purim they would never hug during the year. Because it's not just that they're willing to show their true emotions, that they're willing to also admit that I value you. I have someone, so there's, there's certain people that they walk around with their camera, all the, with their phone all the time, but they walk around on Purim always taking pictures. And I don't like them so much, but sometimes I do like certain pictures for certain people. Because it's, a, it's like this moment of, listen, I caught you. I caught you when your value radar was on. And you expressed it. And you weren't, you know, nervous to go there. So in any event, I just give us a bracha that in the, in the schluss of knowing that such tzaddikim do, have existed, and I believe in that they still exist right now as well, that we should have enough guts to go to the haftzara table. That means the non-negotiable, non-negotiable table with Hashem and say, Yibbono Shalom, Be'emet, with all the covet in the world, you and I both lose if you don't merit me the gift of valuing the nekudos tovos that I accumulate. Now this is just one angle of one line in the Torah of Azamra. I really am tempted to go into the Sefer now and, and, and because I think that why did Rabbi Nachman say this teaching of Azamra you have to walk with every day of your life. This is the one he said this is not just like when you get to it, learn it and then continue on. This is the teaching Rabbi Nachman said a person has to live and breathe. Why? Because if we value what we, what we have, for real, 
And that's our avoda every day, all day long. It just makes life so much worth more worth living, and it makes it spreads onto every other area and avenue in our, in our lives. Who doesn't want? Who wouldn't want a world like this? Who doesn't want a world like this? But to believe that a world like this exists, I need to feel it for it. That's what I need to daven for. That I should believe, Ramed, that I could come to a world of valuing small moments of bliss and of beauty, valuing the Kedusha within them, and that will then spread to the rest of my life, into other relationships, into all places in life that seem to me to be very dark and shady and scary. I think what this also does is that it removes a lot of anxiety and stress in dark places. It has the potential to. It has the potential to. And that, that I'm just saying, because I saw that as another mimer in the Sefer, that it, it goes to there also. Like the Nekudo Tovot, basically, when you get lost in doing this Avoda, and then you start to say to yourself, but wait a second, I didn't, I didn't work on that other area in my life. And then you look at that other area in your life and like, hmm, that's interesting. I don't see it anymore. Like, that's the magic of this teaching. That's the magic of you get lost in it, big dusha, and then you say, but wait a second, there's still baggage, I have to, you know, and then you realize, wait a second, there's nothing in this bag anymore. It's, it's empty. Mm-hmm. It's empty. So we should have, we should have the schus to daven over this. Have the craft of over it. Thank you. Shukran, everyone. Shukran, shukran, shukran.